The Very Serious Crafts Podcast is now on Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com slash seriouscrafts to support our podcast. You'll get early access to episodes, find out about our unfiltered Patreon-only off-week episodes, and more. You're listening to the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. We're very serious crafters, and we craft very serious crafts. Very serious. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 22 of the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. I'm Molly from Wild Olive. I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors. And I'm Heidi from Hands Occupied. Today, we'll be talking about knitting for oneself, hoopless stitching, and a long-awaited ride on the train of shame. Choo-choo! All aboard! <laughs> I can hear it coming in the distance. The tracks are rumbling. Chugga, chugga, yeah. chugga, or whatever. Is that <laughs> even a thing that happens anymore? I mean, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think so. I don't know. I could ask my brother, who recently actually went to see the biggest steam train in the United States come through uh, on the local on the local line. That was pretty cool. Oh, that's I cool. I don't know if the tracks are I- or not. I once uh, went into a manhole on Atlantic <laughs> Avenue and um, where a steam train is buried. And it was oh, an that's prohibition awesome. um, like storehouse, so it had a lot of weird things down there. I don't think we were supposed to be in there. But Probably not. <laughs> that's awesome. It was cool, though. <laughs> Trains, they're that great. Was, that's really awesome. Yay. Well, I could have possibly saved this for the Train of Shame um, later on, because it almost falls into that kind of category for me. But uh, Uh-oh. I, um, since the last time we recorded, I made the last-minute decision to do um, a stitching club, which is usually how I decide to do my stitching clubs. And so I... <laughs> have you ever planned not? Planned it all out. <laughs> I <laughs> I started working on all the things and I officially released it for signups and uh by the time this airs it'll be like almost halfway over. So Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray. Yeah, uh it, it I don't know what I was thinking, but it's going to be fun. So I'm making Christmas ornaments out of felt and why not? Yay. <laughs> Also, what's better than felt and Christmas? <laughs> That's true. Felt Christmas uh, uh, ornaments. Ornaments? Did you say ornaments? I did. I, I meant to say ornaments. I don't know if I did. I don't know. That word just stopped making sense to me for a second. Anyway, okay. That's fine. Um, <laughs> dear, li- yeah. dear listeners, the serious crafters may be in a very weird, weird, weird headspace this morning. FYI, yes. you've been warned. Sorry, yes. I have writing a book brain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Speaking of having writing a book brain, I have been eating snacks with chopsticks all week, so I don't have to go wash my hands after eating them, because that would take time out of stitching, and so I've been eating, like, Swedish fish with chopsticks, and chocolate-covered almonds with chopsticks. I, I think and, that's um, brilliant. It's working out. Yeah. I, I definitely did not come up with the idea myself, I mm-hmm. don't think. I, I'm fairly certain that I saw somebody else do it and was like, yes, yeah, that. I, a lo- I've seen a lot of knitters do that. 
Yeah. Um, Which is really funny because if you're holding two knitting needles and two chopsticks at the same time. Yes. It's a lot of sticks. Well, and I mean, you're not really holding them at the same time. Mm -hmm. You're taking a moment to... But when you take a selfie for that Instagram, you sure hold both at the same time. (laughs) Is what I'm saying. (laughs) Although my selfie for the Instagram did not. It had the cat in it. Well, of course, you were also hand. cross-stitching versus knitting, so, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. Well, my the cat um, was on top of my cross-stitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my friend Jess, who is um, crafting geek, she does just loads of cross-stitch all the time. And um, I, I will sometimes eat, see her eating things like Cheetos or Doritos, and it just gives me panic even if she were using chopsticks with it i can't remember what her method is but yeah i think that's dust in the air (laughs) yeah yeah but i mean you're gonna wash it afterwards anyway Uh, would you trust that you would be able to get chi dust out of a cross-stitch project though chi dust no you're talking to someone (laughs) who's eating with chopsticks To avoid touching anything. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't. But there are people who are chiller than I am. A lot of people who are chiller than well, I am. Well, okay, that's a good segue. Speaking of eating and crafting and no chill. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so I'll, I'll keep this little story brief because it's really, it's self-explanatory. Um, so sometimes, sometimes the universe... <laughs> tells you in some way that you need to chill out and slow down and take a break. Sometimes that comes in the form of putting off breakfast for so long that you get low blood sugar and you're like, "Uh uh-oh, gotta eat some carbs. So you go to slice off a piece of bread from this nice baguette you splurged on. The bread knife ends up in a finger. Let's just say that. On a finger? On is probably more accurate. Uh, well, it was in, I know, because I saw a photo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would just like to read this this text to the listeners <laughs> that I got from Heidi. Oh, gosh. Um, that was just with no preamble at 11.50 a.m. <laughs> would you like to see my bloody finger where I cut it instead of bread this morning? Uh-huh. Self-explanatory. You see? Yep. And I mean, the answer was obviously yes. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> so, I, yeah, that that is all. I I just felt that people <laughs> know how how our relationship works. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I had low blood sugar, and there was a, there was a decent amount of blood because let's just say it was a serrated knife. Um, and I was just like, am I going to pass out of my house alone on my kitchen floor? <laughs> And Let's take a photo instead. Yeah. <laughs> I figure if I like reached out to someone and something bad happened, they might follow up. Well, <laughs> I would definitely have gotten you help. Yeah. I have your address and I know what you did. Right. So. I know what you did. <laughs> I know what you did. <laughs> Very ominous. Anyway, my finger is fine, but I, I really nailed it right on the knuckle. Ow. And I managed to give myself a knife-shaped bruise up my finger because it hit, it went down really hard. So there was a good 24 to 36 hours where I was like, stitches? Did I chip a bone? Like, have I done something major? Um, so that was a cute, cute window of time. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for the help with my bloody finger. 
<laughs> I mean, I'm always happy to rate your gore. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, not too long ago, well, let me start by saying this. I suggested that today I would like to talk about plastic lanyard crafts. And I had, you know, some things in mind. And mm-hmm. Heidi asked me, does anyone else call this boondoggle crafting? And what was perfect about that question <laughs> is that that is actually how this came up on my radar as something I wanted to talk about. Huh. A few weeks hmm. ago, I heard someone, they were talking about, um, they were trying to make a point about things that are made well and things that are maybe not made as well or just or like having a high skill level versus a low skill level. I think that was the point they were trying to make. But in the process, they were totally, they were like talking about crafts in a way that really bothers me. Like, you know, it's not Mm -hmm. like this is like a craft that you make, like boondoggle crafting, like boondoggle. And I was, now I was less familiar (laughs) with that term, but they explained uh, that it was plastic lanyard crafting. And, um, Rarely do I mm-hmm. get so fired up that I like I wonder if about that's a Midwesternism talking like like what they had to say, but like I stood in line to tell this person that they were wrong. Um, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I love that, and I <laughs> I was kind, but I was like, don't talk about crafts that way. Don't talk about preschool crafts that way because preschoolers <laughs> and what they make has value. Um, like. Find a different way to make your point, because that was totally wrong. <laughs> I love I it. love you. <laughs> um, Don't talk about crafts like that. Ooh, we found something that makes Molly Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, and so after that, I actually, I went home and I started doing a little bit of searching for um, plastic lanyard crafts, and lo and behold, I found a Chicago-based artist called named um, Jose Santiago Perez, and he makes art pieces mm-hmm. using plastic lanyard lacing. Um, and cool. it, this is fine art. This is displayed in galleries. Um, it is it is the exact opposite of the <laughs> example that. this person was trying to make. <laughs> Having just clicked on this for the first time, it's really gorgeous. It kind of looks like phone cords, but art. Oh, yeah he mm-hmm. he wraps uh, he wraps plastic and the lacing stuff itself to make coils and baskets. He also does things where he's like um, looping it through a a plastic grid to make like a fringe base, kind of like latch hooking. Um, and yeah, and this is like plastic lacing crafts lanyard crafts elevated to its finest um it's it's worth taking i i sort of did a a skim over his artist statement um but it's worth like reading over that because that's really part of his goal is is elevating fiber arts and um and it's yeah it's really cool stuff but i like I, the thing that I had with this is like, cause I loved doing, uh, lanyard crafts when I was, um, when I was younger and I probably rarely actually finished a, uh, finished a project, but I, I loved doing it. Um, and, 
and that's that's valuable in itself. But I also then the, it got me on the the boondoggle uh, word. I wanted to see what that was, and so I actually I looked it up on uh, Merriam-Webster because I thought, so where does that phrase come from? And it has two meanings. These are very important. Uh, one is a braided cord worn by Boy Scouts as a neckerchief slide, a headband, or an ornament. Okay. Really? That's where I know this word yeah. from. Yeah, so... I, Cup exactly. So they're saying Boy Scouts, um, and there's a reason for that, but, um, but it's, it, w- it went along with scouting crafts, obviously. Um, but the second meaning for boondoggle is a wasteful or impractical project or activity. <laughs> now I get a little bit more fired up about this word. I don't even want to eat I, that word is just out of my vocabulary forever now. But um, but it actually is <laughs> dead, dead to me. Exactly. Boondoggle. Um, but no apparently more. the word actually came about because um, this, a scoutmaster for the Boy Scouts of America um, used the word to to name their their cords that they that they use and um mm-hmm. it they mm-hmm. it became really popular in 1929 when they presented a scout boondoggle to the prince of wales <clears throat> so I, Whoa. there you go interesting yeah i always um assumed that it was because they're so often gifted um or like you make one at summer camp and give it to your parents when you get home or your best friend or right. whatever um, I always thought it was boon, like as in giving someone a boon, like a good thing. I mean, um, and so that could have even inspired his uh, creating that word, or, or I don't know if the word, I, I don't know if the other meaning of the word uh, existed before, but um, I, I'm, I'm thinking if you're giving it to the Prince of Wales, it, that's a thing of, of value. So I don't want to hear, I don't want to hear anybody bad talking plastic lanyard crafts or any crafts of any kind okay there (laughs) (laughs) i mean they're fun to make i know you wouldn't i know you wouldn't well i i had um my familiarity with the word boondoggle came from a klutz press book that i got as a kid because that was basically all i ever asked for was christmas was whatever klutz press book i didn't have and i ended up getting like doubles by the end of elementary school of every single one. And then I'd be like, yes, I can go to Target and exchange it for what I don't have. But I digress. <laughs> I love Klutz books. They were yeah. so good. Yeah. But I had I had their boondoggle one and I just looked it up. Um and the image immediately took me right back to like 1994. Yep. <laughs> um and they they call it boondoggle crafts. Yep. Hmm. And I remember, oh, there we go. I remember finding them incredibly difficult. Uh, yeah, as a it, kid. Well, part of it is the the plastic itself is slippery, right? So you get you get a little bit of that going. Yeah. Yeah. I also remember I could never get them started. Once it was started, then I could. Yes. Then I was okay. But I always needed help getting it started, um, which is still kind of like me when I have to do blanket stitch. I I always need help getting it started. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I always have to look it up every time. Yeah. And I've done it a million times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I I mean, this is going to date me, but when I was starting the plastic lanyard projects, you couldn't just Google how to do it. Google nope. was not around yet. <laughs> oh, me no. neither. I mean, America Online wasn't around yet, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The so. internet was like list serves. Yeah. <laughs> 
Exactly. <laughs> so, anyway. Not that any of the kids listening will have any idea what I'm talking about. Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah. We're uh, old. No, I think, I think a lot of us still remember those days. We do. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. yeah. I remember those days and I can't remember the 80s. There you go. <laughs> I remember the 80s. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Uh, yeah. So let's move on. Yes, from Heidi, things you're that the youngest. <laughs> Molly and I will just sit here with our 80s memories. Yeah. Thank you. And, 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 and be like five years older than me at the most. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe six. But. Maybe six. <laughs> Those were the days. Those were the days. Well, <laughs> the reason that I am so good at getting completely off subject <laughs> is I'm sitting here stitching a project for my book, and every once in a while I will be counting, and I will miss, like, a, a necessary word. Mm. And so... Sorry, guys. Um, that this is one of those uh, one of those times when I just I can't take a break. So everywhere I go and everything I do, I am also stitching at the same time. Yes, but uh, and so as I was doing this and have done it in multiple areas, people have given me sort of strange looks, and so I was wondering. Um, if when you guys cross stitch, do you use a hoop? I yes yes. I don't use a hoop when I cross stitch, and and I would say that it's for one reason, but it's always been that way. I don't. Well, I've done it in a hoop a few times. I've I've had projects in a hoop sometimes, but these days, no, I do not use a hoop. No, and, and neither do I. And that's sort of where the weird looks are coming from, because it also doesn't look like I'm cross-stitching, because mm. the stitch is, like, I'm basically doing two stitches at once every time. Mm-hmm. And right. so it's... I didn't think it was uncommon, because it's, it's much, much faster than, like, traditional yeah. do one side and then the other cross-stitch. And so I sort of assumed that most people knew about it and were just making a conscious decision not to if they were stitching in hoops yeah. and like a, a, a personal preference. But apparently it's a thing that people don't necessarily know about. So um, there are different methods of cross stitching, which seems strange for such a simple stitch, but... Basically, there are two schools of types of cross-stitching movement, I guess. Um, So one is putting fabric in an embroidery hoop and stitching like that. So stitching one stitch at a time and um, doing the stabbing method, which is once down and once up through the back. And so... That's what probably most people think of when they think of cross-stitch, especially if you don't do it all the time. And there's a second method, 
which is the method that I tend to use because it's so much faster, um, which doesn't involve an embroidery hoop. So I basically just roll the fabric up in my in the hand that I would be holding the hoop with okay. um, to get a to get a good grip on it, and then I just. Um, how do you explain the sewing method? I think um, so. Like the sewing method, and I, I don't. I the only reason I think that it might be called this is because if you are if you were like hand sewing something, people would use this. But it's like you, um, you the yeah. I'm just calling it that. I don't know if that's what other people. Call yeah, it. I I mean in in hand embroidery, that's usually what is um, how it's. Um, the, the difference between yeah. them. But basically the needle always stays on the front of the fabric in your hand, I mean. And so you dip it through the fabric. Like you you poke it into the fabric yeah. and then poke you it back it out to the front. put it through two holes at once. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, which is a little confusing to picture. And um, I will definitely do a video on my Instagram, which I will link to because if you haven't tried it, it might make your projects go a whole lot faster. Yes. Yeah, and that's always a good thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Good to know, ladies. Thank you. Um, I can't be the only non-cross-stitcher who's like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, like, I know people who use this for um, for embroidery as well, although I think they're probably mm-hmm. oh, yeah. they're working in a... Like running stitches and stuff, yeah. too. Um, and, like, stem stitch, and um, that works yeah. really well for that. But... Um, they're usually they're in a hoop working in a hoop, but with the fabric just not as tight. Whereas with cross stitch, oh, yeah. you really need to be able to almost like bend the fabric as you're working. Yeah, like, and I it- definitely do. I fold the fabric over yeah. <laughs> and stitch through two holes at once. And yeah. it also um keeps the fabric from accidentally knotting in the back and then you not noticing it mm-hmm. until two rows later and <laughs> that that drives me crazy but it also can come loose and then you've got loose stitches i may have gotcha. still been able to do that anyway and i if it doesn't come loose it doesn't matter but it's there's no surprise there if it's going to get tangled it gets tangled on the front and you can deal with it mm-hmm. which is i think pretty helpful yeah yeah but. cool yeah, so different methods, and if uh, the listeners have a method that is different than that, I'm always interested to hear how people how people learned, um, and like how someone taught you to do something because yeah. there are so many interesting right ways to do a thing, mm-hmm. and I I just I like to see them in action. So let us know. Yeah, yeah. Well, over here. As listeners will know, <laughs> um, the technique, the techniques I've personally been working on improving this year are basically anything having to do with making my own clothes. Um, and it's yeah, you're funny. Doing so well with that. Thank you. Yeah, it's funny because now that it's we're recording in early October today and now that it's near the end of the year, it, I was really feeling some kind of way about like my pro- like my output like my finished photographed whatever output right. mm-hmm. to readers wasn't as much as it was in the past but 
honestly, I think my techniques, my technique has improved across knitting, crochet, and sewing, and even punch needle, latch hook, and macrame, to be quite honest. My skill levels have improved so much more this year than they have in other years, and that's kind of cool. It's very cool. It's nice to see that. Well, and it's so hard. so often we don't. Right. Especially when you become a professional maker, it's really hard to even justify taking the time to better yourself because <laughs> there's because you feel like you have to work all the time well yeah. and i mean sometimes a, a lot of getting better is just doing it a lot right. so there's always improvement there but it's so incremental that you don't necessarily know that that you've gotten better yeah like, yes i had um this <laughs> cardigan sweater that i know we've talked about before sure um, that <laughs> it was years between casting on and finally binding off and the difference in my skill level was visible yeah which i like i that might bother some people but i was really proud of it like mm-hmm. yeah look look how far i've come in mm-hmm. this totally usable wearable garment yeah like, that's great exactly and i mean I think if you weren't a knitter, you probably wouldn't necessarily notice. Right. Because I wasn't, like, dropping stitches everywhere and stuff like that. But, like, my tension got more even. It just, it got a lot, visibly a lot better. And it was so neat to see it. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I think the thing that made me realize this the most with my knitting is the sweater I'm actually currently working on as we record. Which is the um, So Faded sweater by Andrea Mowry. Um, many people will know her as Drea Renee Knits on Instagram because I think she's got like a hundred twenty-five plus thousand yeah. followers. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a pretty simple raglan pullover. Um, like it's the kind of sweater that it's like if you've never done a top-down raglan, this is basically a vanilla version of that, which is great because that's an important I skill love to learn. Vanilla sweaters <laughs> and. The cool thing about the way Andrea Maori designs is is her fades, which is what made her famous. So she kind of really made the process of fading between one color to another color of yarn, where mm-hmm. you basically alternate skeins every other row. Yeah, it's and, so cool. And not in an effort to avoid like color pooling and dye lot issues. This is right. specifically going from one color to another. Yeah. And so the fade, depending on how much contrast there is between your yarns, can be very obvious or almost invisible like an ombre shift. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's cool. And I, and I like this because, yeah, it's a vanilla pattern that if I knew my gauge, I probably could have improvised this just knowing my stitches per inch. But this was fun because it it's always nice to work with another designer who you really respects patterns just to see how they approach wording different things. Yeah, I love doing that. Yeah. Um, and I also was really enjoying reading her actual like full page description of like how, why, where, when mm-hmm. to fade. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really cool because this way I'm able to mix four different yarns. Only two of them are the same yarn in a different color. Mm-hmm. And then my other two colors in this sweater are one is even a sport weight yarn instead of a fingering weight, which the rest of my sweater is. Um, and then the other one has yak and wool. And then um, my third and fourth colors are just a superwash merino. Mm-hmm. And it's cool because I'm on the fly compensating for gauge differences and things like that. And um, yeah, I'm just making a case for why it's cool to mix things up and like really take the time to make something simple as well as you possibly can because you can learn a lot doing it 
Yeah. But yeah, you can learn so much. And like all the corners that you might have cut when you were starting out because something was hard or intimidating. Mm-hmm. Like going back and revisiting the basics is super important. Mm-hmm. Like before I teach classes, I go back and make sure I remember how to do this. Yeah. In, in the way that you're supposed to do it or in the way that that makes sense for explaining why you have selected a specific technique yeah and it's funny because at um like at my craft nights in my studio one of the comments that comes up and it's funny like when you get a consistent group of people at a craft night and they also like know your work it's funny Mm. because they see you on the fly doing your work in front of them and um it's so funny what people view you as as an artist versus how you view yourself uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> and the thing that blew my mind was people were like, your technique, is, like, the, the thing that I think of when I think of your making is, like, really perfect technique. And I was like, what? Actually, that's what I think of when um, I think of, like, your finished patterns. And, thanks. It's just And called, I, I know how you work. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there, there, you are really precise. You just might be figuring it out as you go that's what it is (laughs) but once you figured it out you are doing it for a reason right yeah and And i mean that that's kind of what designing is right like i'm not trying to fish for compliments i'm just kind of waxing about the perception of one's work versus the reality oh absolutely you know and it's funny because i feel like the way i got this way was not just crippling anxiety and a issue with being a perfectionist (laughs) um (laughs) But I think, like, if you really want to improve your technique and your gauge and your fit and your tension, you really do need to do foundational things like a simple raglan pullover or swatching a lot. And that's how you get your technique to really, really be good, is doing the easy, executing the easy stuff as perfectly as you possibly can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I'm done rambling about this. But yeah, <laughs> no, I think that really is important. And I think that people are often in such a hurry to be able to make the fancy thing that they've got in their heads that they don't stop to lay down the skills that are needed to really make it look like they want it to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's it's this it's balancing like reaching for something that's like 10 to 25 percent past the hardest thing you've ever done mm-hmm. and doing it kind of crappy. But then next project, do something that you know you know how to do, even a pattern you've done before, but like see the improvement or like focus on doing it really, really well, even if it's mostly stuck in that stitch. For oh, example. yeah. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. The end. Perfect. Speaking of how we got this way. <laughs> yeah. Choo choo. <laughs> Yes. Oh, we are all aboard. It's been a w- Let's talk about fails. It's been a while. <laughs> Hold on a second. May I have your ticket now? <laughs> it's been a while since we've ridden on this train, I have to say. Um and I would just like to it's point true. out we if you've not heard the train this of shame train before. Is the train of shame for the record. Yes. Um <laughs> if you've not heard the train of shame before, um this is our time to hop on board and share the things that we might normally be ashamed of in our crafting life <laughs> and 
Um, We're being absolved of our crafting sins. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, make a few confessions. By confession. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and it just feels I, a whole lot I'm better. I'm not Catholic, so don't at me. I don't know. <laughs> Neither am I. But um, I will, uh, yeah, I... I, we we like to point out that this is for everyone's benefit, so that you can feel better about uh, the things that normally you think that you should hide. Um, you shouldn't feel any shame over them. Yeah, share them and 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 also uh, a weight is It's lifted. so nice to just so, laugh um, along about. And it. I will say we haven't done this in a while, but I think it's fair to say it's not because we haven't had our moments that um, we could have shared on the train of shame. We've just had a lot of other things to talk about, but, um, most recently, yep. um, and this is gonna, this is maybe going to sound a little bit like a humble brag, but, um, I, uh, uh my train of <laughs> do shame it, do is it, do that it. I sewed my very first invisible zipper and it was 90, it was 90% successful. Um, that probably is not super well shameful. done. Um, I did have to, I did have to re-sew like, where it was meeting up at the the very last part, I had to sew it a couple of times, like redo it, and then I ended up just doing it by hand because it was better. But that's not the shame part. The shame part is <laughs> this is an invisible zipper. No, no, that's a triumph. <laughs> in um, an infinity scarf that has a hidden pocket, so you can travel um, with it and put put things in the the scarf. Um, and I was really excited about it. Oh yeah, I love those. But after I was like thinking that I was done. I went to turn it right side out through the pocket and realized I had completely sewn the thing in the wrong order. So the zipper was fine, <laughs> but the rest of the seams I had to redo because <laughs> you couldn't put it together that way. There's a specific oh, way no. that these scarves have to go together. And I thought that I had found some brilliant workaround for it. No, I had not. No, nope. that was not brilliant. That was a way to remake your whole project. <laughs> so there you go. And that is how we learn from my train of shame. <laughs> but at least that zipper was a triumph. Invisible, invisible zippers are hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. But it, totally. you know what? It actually it it worked out. I even just used a regular zipper foot, not an invisible zipper foot, and it still worked out for me. So. I'm going to hold on to That's that good. triumph and forget yeah, about Yeah, you don't really need an invisible zipper foot. <laughs> my, my train of shame is somewhat different because it is me not doing something. <laughs> um, so please allow me to read you a short list of the things that I have been doing instead of working on projects for my book. I have been shopping for witchcraft because it's a craft. Sure. Um, I've been shopping for sweaters for my cat because obviously. <laughs> um, I've been planning a completely unnecessary candle project because I obviously need to start pouring candles right this very minute. Obviously. <laughs> and uh, I've also really organized my embroidery floss. Like, it's, uh, it's all set up and ready. And to be worked with. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> and, and to be fair, I'm halfway done with all of yeah. the projects for the book. It's not as though I haven't started. It's just that sometimes you have to 
I don't know. But I've also um, been mentally plotting out a crafting-related cozy mystery. Um, so, you know, writing a book while writing a book. Mm-hmm. Multitasking. And... Oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> and to finish it all off, I have been eating about a full bag of vegan marshmallows almost every day. <laughs> so that that's what I've been doing. <laughs> I, I think that these are like pretty normal coping mechanisms for doing something that is the scale of a book project. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and it's it's not as though I'm doing those things all the time. It's just that I find myself, when the pressure gets high, getting distracted by some of those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except the marshmallows. I'm doing that all the time. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's marshmallows. I love marshmallows. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Well... I my train of shame is also related to def- to deflecting things. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, as I said in my like <laughs> chatter at the top oh, of the episode. Don't tell my publisher, guys. Yeah. <laughs> this won't come yeah. out for a month. You'll have the book turned in by then. They'll never know. That's actually totally true. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um Well, like I said, I almost cut my finger off. Um just kidding. <laughs> it wasn't that dramatic. But <laughs> I couldn't really bend my finger for those first couple days um so i immediately was like well guess i can't do any work darn (laughs) (laughs) and put my computer away put my crafts away because it was my tensioning finger that i Mm cut it was my left pointer finger and i knit continental so i was like guess i bet i better just do something else and since we're still moving the something else opportunities are quite vast right now (laughs) (laughs) right So on Friday, after cutting myself and finally eating food and stopping bleeding, like you do, um, (laughs) all good things, I opened every box of all the like home decor stuff I ordered to style my house, specifically my bedroom for real estate photos, boring, but somewhat creatively satisfying. And then in the midst of selecting from among several pillows, um, literally all the ones I bought, I've since returned, by the way. Um, Mm Because none of them worked, because, of course. Um, Why would they? Yeah, exactly. But at the end of this process, I was like, all these pillows have got to go that I ordered. Hmm, I still need pillows to decorate my bed. And I ended up realizing I had the right pillows all along. And they were my punch needle pillows that I worked on like a year ago and talked on this podcast. And I did all the punch needling more than a year ago. And I sewed the pillow covers that I was going to um, whip stitch them to like six months ago. But had I actually sewn the freaking punch needle onto the pillow? Absolutely not. So I also haven't sewn the punch <laughs> needle onto the pillow I was making. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I spent the weekend not doing any real work, but I did finish those punch needle pillows. So And they look great. Thanks. I'll put them on my blog. I should probably put them up before this episode comes out so then people can see them. Yeah. A. Eh? <laughs> well, now I, now, like now I have really a new good... deadline. Crap. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I did it to myself. <laughs> but it's also a really good way to shift creative plans and still be doing something. Which oh, yeah. Is, um, we're excellent yes. at utterly failing to take breaks so yep yeah yep that is what my therapist has told me she was like are you ever not working 
And I was like, I mean, I watch TV and knit. You're, that's working, sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the problem when you do your hobby also as your exactly. profession. Exactly. It's incredibly hard to not be always working. <laughs> Learn from us, listeners. <laughs> Run away. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but don't run with scissors in your hands. True. That, that is my advice That's to you. That's good advice. Well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and on that note. Yes. <laughs> on that note. Let's go do some more work. Before we. Woo! Before right. we actually though. Fine. Like really. We're going to. We're going to stop recording this, but then we're just going to keep recording in a little bit because it's then we record our our episode for our Patreon supporters. And so, I mean, we still mm-hmm. get to just do a little it's bit true. more of this and that's fine. But on that uh, theme, we <laughs> want to give a shout out to some serious friends of the Very Serious Crafts podcast um, who are supporting us at Patreon.com slash Serious Crafts. So many thanks to our newest patron, John, and all of our patrons there. Um, you really do uh, make a difference in helping make this podcast possible. So thank you very much. Yes, yes thank thanks, you, John. John. Uh, if you are a person who ha- likes to hang out on the internet, you should hang out with us. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at, at Serious Crafts and on Facebook at Very Serious Crafts. You can also find show notes and all things Very Serious Crafts at VerySeriousCrafts.com. Want to join in the conversation? Tag us using hashtag VerySeriousCrafts. And if you're using Instagram stories, don't forget to tag us with at Serious Crafts so that we can reshare your stories. Are you a fan of the Very Serious Crafts podcast? We hope so. Please leave the Very Serious Crafts podcast a five-star rating on whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Good ratings help us show up in recommendations, which helps more people who love crafting find us. It's really true. And finally, if you'd like to sponsor an episode of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, visit VerySeriousCrafts.com and click on Sponsor, or support us at Patreon.com slash Serious Crafts. Yes, thank you for putting up with us, you know. (laughs) Wow, that was an episode. (laughs) 